Hey guys, Mike here for Hokey Hangover on behalf of the good folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. Former downtown Blacksburg Business of the Year in 2019, Jeremy Counts and his staff at Main Street Pharmacy have you covered for all of your pharmaceutical needs. Medication, school supplies, you name it. Jeremy and his staff, family-owned business, they got you covered over at Main Street Pharmacy in downtown Blacksburg. They've been a sponsor of our podcast since the beginning, going on five years now, and there's a reason why. They're extremely extremely reliable. They're good people. They're friends of ours, friends of the podcast. Head on over to Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street, downtown Blacksburg. Open Monday to Friday, 9 to 6, Saturday from 9 to noon. They're closed on Sundays. You can be reached at 540-605-7721. That's Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street in downtown Blacksburg. Hokie Hangover is proud to be sponsored by Homefield, the premium collegiate apparel brand in the United States. Based in Indianapolis, Homefield is committed to creating comfortable and officially licensed apparel featuring vintage college designs. Homefield puts in extra reps for each of the more than 150 colleges they highlight discovering unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create the best look at your tailgate. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order. Homefield makes online shopping so easy, even I can't screw it up. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order and acquire blue chip apparel from Homefield, an official sponsor of Hokie Hangover. Hangover, it's Christmas Eve. Ricky LeBlue. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, my friend. It is uh not lost on me that the two people recording this podcast are the two that do not have children. So <laughs> um, for those who listened to our last pod, the plan was for Mike and Andrew to record this preview. Um, that was not able to happen. So we are uh, adapting and I have fulfilled my obligations for Christmas Eve, as has Andrew. So we are here to give you your two-lane military bowl preview. Yeah, and I, I won't pin all of the fact that this podcast wasn't recorded yesterday on Mike. Though, I never put Mike in the situation where we would find out whether he would actually be available or not. <laughs> because... Me being me, I put off all the Christmas shopping until the last possible minute. I had my ideas. But, you know, there's one thing. You know, a concept is one thing. Execution is the other. And I had to go out there and execute, which I did. But straight into the period of time that me and Mike were supposed to record, at which point, a couple hours later, I was like, Mike, here is a list of times where we could do this. He was like, dude, let's scrap it. And then Ricky... <laughs> saves the day at the end here you still need to record i can do it tonight and i told him if i'm not vitrally intoxicated <laughs> to the point where i wouldn't feel comfortable recording and putting myself out there let's do it and here we are we've got a big week ahead 
We, yes, then, we do. Uh, we have some uh, some driving coming up here in the next couple of days. Well, I uh, after having driven from Charlotte to New Jersey for Thanksgiving, I, I went with the what's a couple hundred dollars mindset, which once again to the holidays and a couple hundred dollars <laughs> compiled. Maybe I could have driven, but it is what it is. I'll be flying. You'll be driving day of, I believe, or night yeah. before. Yeah. So I actually just, so for those who are listening and those that didn't listen to the last one, uh, I just got back from Tennessee. So I was just visiting family prior to Christmas. And I'm back here in Virginia Beach uh, visiting with family I have here. But yeah, the day of, uh, my girlfriend and I are going to be driving up early in the morning, getting to the hotel because we're going to stay the night. And then we will find ourselves tailgating with some of the best Hokies that we know. So it will be a fun event. And like we said on the last podcast, make sure you're following the show account because we'll be putting our tailgating information in there. And all of our listeners are welcome to stop by and say hello. Yeah, I mean, I would say BYOB if you want to drink it a lot. Like, you know, we'll, we'll be happy to give you a beer too. Yeah. But just looking at this crowd <laughs> that we have in our own group of 18 people sitting there, we're not going to have way too much extra alcohol to just be <laughs> giving away. You know, I, there are a number of people in this group where I'm like, double digits is not out of the question for this guy, regardless of the amount of time we have allotted. And we've got uh, producer Scott giving away bourbon at the tailgate. Yes, there will be a bourbon tasting contest. <laughs> if you can remember how producer Scott is related to Mike, which it's mentioned constantly. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> you should be able to figure it out. He will give you a free taste of bourbon. So. Probably even if you don't, if we're being honest, but, (laughs) you know, that's neither here nor there. All right, Ricky, I want to jump right into it, though. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about how the result of the game didn't really matter. That was a debate. You know, I don't necessarily remember which side of the debate you were on. It was kind of you against Mike. But now that the game's actually going to be played, We've seen some like serious, almost momentum surrounding the game. And the number one thing I'll point to that is no opt-outs, including players who are on the roster now, moving on to different programs next year, staying to finish the job. That speaks to a healthy culture in my book. So kind of the way I see it right now, If the players care, I care. You know, if if this is Maryland 2021, I'm going to the bowl game to drink with my buddies. Yeah. But if the players are locked in, if the players are invested, you know, I'm going to be invested in the game too. So specifically, you know, started off with how do you feel about the game right now? And, And I guess segue into what exactly are you looking to see? Yeah, this is kind of an odd game because 
I did agree with Mike that I, I felt like the the actual win loss result of this game didn't matter all that much. And I said that before Tulane lost their starting quarterback, uh, one of their top receivers, and their starting tight end, which was I think their third leading receiver on the roster this year. Uh, also their head coach, which plays a big role. Uh, I'm still not on the fence that like this is a must-win game because I don't believe that's the case. But I do think it would go a long way in Virginia Tech showing that they're not to be trifled with next year if they're able to go out and beat this team. I understand that Tulane's got a lot of guys missing. Hell, they're one of their starting quarterbacks, Kai Horton. I should say one of their quarterbacks left on the roster, Kai Horton, is also in the transfer portal. So it's not like they have any stability at the position whatsoever. Uh, Slade Nagel is the interim head coach of this team. He's trying to patchwork together a coaching staff because some of his guys are already at Houston. So there's a lot going on here. And Virginia Tech has the advantage of uh, the other team being in disarray, but also the slight disadvantage of not knowing what to expect. I think you're going to see a lot of new things from Tulane stuff that they maybe haven't done much of this year, but the fact that they are basically starting from scratch on offense, I think leads a a huge advantage to the Hokies and it's set up a a position in which I think a lot of tech fans will be disappointed if tech doesn't win this game. There's a lot of stuff leaning in tech's favor and Andrew, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, even guys who are transferring like Derek Canteen are still playing in this game. And Virginia Tech has been able to keep so many of their guys on the roster, not just for the bowl game, but for next season. This is really the tale of two teams. You've got a team that is building towards the future, has a lot of continuity on both sides of the football. And then the opposite side, you have a team with an interim head coach who uh, is trying to work with half of his coaching staff, a backup quarterback, missing one of his best receivers, missing his best tight end. There's a lot There's a lot going on here for Tulane. And we have to keep in mind that while this is, was an 11-win team this year, they played probably one of the weakest schedules in the FBS uh, in, the, in the American Conference. And the one team that they played this year that was ranked was Ole Miss, and they got pantsed, right? So this is a, this is a Tulane team that, certainly should not be disrespected because any team that wins 11 games is worthy of your respect. But this is not the same team that we saw even a couple weeks ago or even a couple months ago. I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you, Ricky. Like it's hard to disrespect a team. I don't even care what conference you play in and at least the FBS level. Mm-hmm. No one's winning double digit games by accident. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But to your point, the most pivotal contributors to that cause are no, are no longer with the program. Right? They're moving on. And you know, I, I don't necessarily know what the logic is. I mean, if you're Michael Pratt, the quarterback who is getting, you know, I've seen so many variations of Right, but anywhere between a third round grade and a sixth round grade. Yeah, you don't want to go into the military bowl playing behind potentially a depleted offensive line, get injured, and then with no eligibility left, your professional hopes are 
down the toilet. Like it, it's hard to blame a guy. But yeah, it's like trying to learn on the fly as a unit on either side of the ball, whether that be offense or defense, is hard enough. You know, when you have a midseason quarterback injury, that's hard enough. That's if we're just imagining a scenario, it's one guy. This is a bevy of talent who is now getting pieced together by a coaching staff with no true head coaching leader, if you will. And that's not to disrespect the guy in the interim, but it is what it is, right? You know, it, so many people in that room have their eyes on what's next. And it really, uh, you know, it, it draws its parallels to Virginia Tech in 2021 against Maryland. And, you know, we all saw how that was going, especially with what you see on the other side with the Hokies, where with a group that has so many key contributors coming back, they're not pulling punches. They're going to want to go out there and make a statement. Yep. And given the circumstances, I, I feel pretty comfortable that they're going to be able to go out and do just that. But from like a X's and O's perspective, like is there anything that would make you feel better? Now I know there is a little bit of rain in the forecast, mm -hmm. which by the way, if it is absolutely pouring rain, again, keep an eye on that podcast Twitter account. Because if we have to audible to a bar, we will tell you which one we are going to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a clear day. Right. And for me, we saw drones to Felton look like such a great connection at the mm. end of the year. And, you know, Felton had a season that ultimately got him some NFL attention, which he ultimately opted not to test the waters up and come back. But I think the talent for Felton was probably always there. I'm not going to say that he didn't improve as the season went on, but I think that more of the improvement was in drones as a quarterback who isn't just a quick pass, run the ball guy, but a legitimate threat to throw the ball downfield. And knowing that you have not only Felton coming back, but Lane as well in the slot. And hopefully, you know, he'll be on the roster, but hopefully fully healthy back to what he was before Ali Jennings. And it's like, we can build towards an offense that is really good in a number of different facets. And <laughs> you envision a situation where it's just going to be a nightmare for opposing defensive coordinators to prepare for. So I'd like to see more of that, especially against a Tulane group who's going to be without their number one corner, who is one of the better corners in the FBS this year, at least according to PFF. You know, outside of that, Ricky, is there anything in particular that you could pinpoint? I think a lot of it for me is I, I, I want to see this offense maintain some of the success we saw towards the end of the year. I mean, they averaged 43 points a game in their five in their final three games. Uh, their worst performance, obviously, coming against NC State, which was uh, the best defense. 
in that group, but to be able to score with that level of efficiency and to show that big playability throughout the the last, you know, that, that last final stretch of the season, um, that's extremely encouraging. And all those weapons are back. I mean, the offensive line is going to be there. The quarterback is obviously there. Daquan Felton, who played such a huge role in stretching the field in this offense, is back. Um, finding a way to build on some of that and and get a few more of those uh, those big plays as we head into the offseason, I think it would be a really, really encouraging sign. You don't want to see these guys go into a shell and, uh, you know, call the game scared, right, against an 11-win team. Uh even on defense, right? Tulane's missing like three or four starters, including uh, one of their best tacklers, one of their best pass rushers. So this is a team that's got holes all over the place. And one of the things that we praised Tyler Bowen for, especially as the year progressed, was the continued aggressive nature of his play calling and the fact that he had no problem stretching the field deep he had no problem putting the ball in, in drones' hands and letting him go to work through the air. And he also got aggressive with some of his playmakers on the perimeter in the run game. And that's the kind of offense that we're going to need to see next year. I mean, let's be honest. This is a team that's going to rely heavily on their four receivers next year and their starting running back. And Kyron's responsibility is going to be getting them the ball in space and letting them make plays. Let's continue to build on that. Let's continue to take chances downfield. Let's be aggressive. And you would hope that you would see this team go, you know, go for the kill multiple times in the second half. And I'm really hoping that that's what we're going to see. I want to see them continue to get Basial Tootin involved. I want to see them continue <clears throat> to get him involved in the passing game in particular. But I also want to see those shots downfield continue with Felton and, and Jalen Lane specifically. I mean, yeah, I mean, beyond kind of what you said there, I mean, I'd like to see Makai Hughes, who had a pretty decent season. Yeah, it's I mean, he's yards. Almost 1,300. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> really solid season. Yeah. For Tulane this year. So if there's a recipe for success for Tulane, I think it is right in that man's hands. Yeah, you would and think that they're going to need to try and – shorten the game by running the ball a lot yeah which if it rains you know there's a scenario where Tulane wins I feel like weather's a factor they pound the rock more successful than Virginia Tech does right yeah that's the scenario I envision as a possibility so rain or not I'd like to see Virginia Tech's defense be able to bottle them up to some extent not let that one guy beat you because that's the realistic scenario in my book where it could happen. Uh, and tell me if you agree with this, Ricky, because this is kind of my thought. This is not to poo-poo too lame because I am acknowledging the possibility that you can win. I mean, you can lose to a team that won 11 games, despite a few absences. I consider Virginia Tech to be a heavy favorite in this game. And from an intrigue perspective, 
I kind of would have far preferred to lay it at full strength. I I think that in a year where it's hard to, despite the clear and obvious momentum towards the end of the season, pinpoint what the signature win was from a talent of the opponent perspective. Yeah. I think a full strength, arguably the second best group of five team, and all things considered, I think at full strength, Tulane went out and played Liberty. I'll take Tulane. SMU is an ACC team next year. It is what it is. Yep. Solid football team. That would have been a really good barometer for me. That's not there. Indianapolis on Wednesday. I mean, are you in the same boat? Like, do you feel like to go back to our running stick? Like, there's no way you can really leave the military bowl feeling exponentially more confident about anything than you feel right now, right? I mean, if Tech goes out there and whips Tulane, I could I would feel pretty confident going into next year, I think. Uh, but no, I, I understand your point. I mean, you bring up a good point in the sense that Tech hasn't beaten a really good team this year. And um, that's something you like to see, obviously, with teams that are up and coming is you, you want to see those guys start to beat teams that are eight, nine win teams, maybe once or twice a year. And Tech did not do that this year. Whenever they played a team that was competent and and really good, they got beat, and they usually got beat pretty bad. So I certainly understand that. Um, but if, if Tech goes out there and controls this game from start to finish, uh, I would feel pretty good about Virginia Tech, and I think it would be a little bit better than I feel about them now. I think considering Tulane's lack of strength and missing so many guys – and they're, you know, half their coaching staff. Um, there are, you know, there is a scenario in which I leave this game feeling a little worse about, you know, the offseason, but it's so hard to take away stuff from bowl games because we all know that this stuff is really a crapshoot. And I think I saw something on Twitter earlier today, and I'm sure that the numbers have since changed, but it was something like 12 underdogs had already won. In, in bowl season so far, which is pretty, pretty astronomical. And Virginia Tech is a huge favorite in this game in terms of Vegas. So this started out as a six point spread for the Hokies. Andrew, it's 10 and a half now on ESPN bet. Uh, this is a huge, huge betting line in favor of Virginia Tech. Uh, this would be the team with the most wins at Texas Pete and Hall year by a landslide. But yeah, I guess the win is a little diminished uh, considering Tulane's not at full strength, but if tech goes out there and wins this game by three scores, I think everyone's going to walk out feeling pretty good. And it's really just going to validate. I think some of the stuff we felt when tech pants UVA, uh, when, when tech won that game, it was kind of the, the, combination of relief and confirmation that tech is moving in the right direction. And if they go out there and win this game handily, and even if they just win the game, uh, 
I, I think that really just validates some of those feelings we had a few weeks ago. It's funny to me, right? A few months ago, like, can we get this team to score 20 points? Right? That's what we were all begging for. <laughs> now we're having the conversation. Well, I mean, if they don't score 40, do you really feel that much better than you do right now? Dude, the the Jekyll and Hyde feature of this season has been just incredible to watch and experience as a fan and as an observer of the program. I mean, it's I'm not really sure what if there's a comparison that I can remember off the top of my head, either at the professional or at the collegiate level, where a team has been so up and down all year long. And uh Despite, you know, the NC State loss, you still felt like Virginia Tech on offense was was making progress. And the, the Boston College win played a huge role in that, right? Going to UVA and putting up a 50-burger played a huge role in that. Uh, and the whole proof of concept stuff that, you know, you've been hammering home all season long and the fact that we need to see that this can work. Well, we saw it, and it, if it works again in this bowl game, which, you know, bowl games are always a, just a, a juggling hit-or-miss type deal, if it does that again, then I think it it just goes back to Brent probably really does have a hell of an offseason, you know, on deck. He's already done a lot of work. He's brought in some good transfers. He's kept, maybe more importantly, kept some of those pieces for next year. Uh, this would really just be the cherry on top that I think would give Virginia Tech fans all the more reason to start talking about talking some nonsense next summer about Virginia Tech winning 10 or 11 games. Yeah. I mean, six win seasons, right? We've had quite a few of them. Yes. Is in our yes, first military bowl rodeo? By any means. But circumstantially you know obviously coming off of three wins then starting one and three the momentum makes this feel so much sweeter yeah and as my initial point was back in september that i was never going to take a bowl appearance for granted ever again (laughs) having missed two in the last three and gotten absolutely pantsed in the one that we made during that period of time you know, it's something special, but there is tangible momentum around this program. You can see it in the transfer portal. You can see it on the recruiting trail. I think more importantly, you can hear it in the way the actual characters on the ground involved talk about what they're building right now and how that echoes into you know, the hearts of the fans and what people are saying online. And I'm sure how that reflects into Hokie Club and NIL donations and what we saw all season long with just the true dedication of this fan base. Even when things weren't looking so good early on, selling out those games at Lane Stadium, like, it feels good to hang your hat 
to be a part of something and moving in the right direction and to feel like a winner. Yeah. And all parties involved <clears throat> feel like that right now. So let's go in, put a cherry on top of a great comeback season, not a win-loss, 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 six and six season. Not a you're ranked in September and end up in the military bowl season. Mm-hmm. No, a season where you saw tangible improvement from week one to week 12. And again, you're setting up a a, a summer full of lion, a summer full of lion, a summer full of pointing to a 12-game slate and saying, how many games are surefire losses, right? I mean, going into this year, I was like, NC State, well, based on last year, that's probably an L. Florida State, a certain L down in Tallahassee. We have all year to get into it. Yep. But now my lying eyes tell me that there's eight should-be wins and four (laughs) toss-ups. There's more intricacy to that as... Again, we have all offseason to get into it. It seems like the ACC has done a stellar job for a so-called dying conference and bringing in real quarterback talent through the transfer board. Yes, the the ACC's uh, level of – so I, actually, I don't know. I think it might have been you actually was talking about is Kyron Drones a top three quarterback in the ACC next year? And – uh, given what we saw towards the end of the year, you kind of felt like, you know, got with guys leaving, the answer was yes. Um, it's going to be a bit more of a competition, I think, going into next year, given the, the some of the guys that have come into the ACC. But no, I mean, it, I don't really like to use the word or term vibes. I get really, it's overused and really annoying. Maybe that's just me being an old fart. But the vibes around tech are good, right? Everyone's everyone's feeling really happy. Everyone's feeling like that the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, that all of the losing that this program has done over the last five years may all mean something in the end. And um, you can you can only accentuate that with another win in this game in a a game that's going to have a ton of tech fans there, right? This is going to be a heavy Virginia tech crowd. Uh, If the weather's not bad, I would venture to say it's going to be a relatively full stadium, which is something that I wasn't sure about coming in. So this has got a a shot to be a really feel good moment for Virginia tech. If they can put it all together on the field and build upon some of that stuff that they were doing not too long ago. Well, whether it's a hurricane or not, I'll be in the stadium. Ricky LeBlue will be in the stadium. Mike McDaniel will be in the stadium. Big names, legendary names, like one Clark Ruland will be in the stadium. And win, lose, or eight overtime draw. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. So we hope to see all of you guys there. You know, Merry Christmas to all of you. We're recording here on Christmas Eve. Uh, You know, just a a great year for the podcast. 
we've seen more growth than we've ever seen. You know, me, Mike, and Ricky have always been on the same page. This thing was never about numbers or making money. It was just giving us a platform to be a part of that conversation. And more so than anything, the amount of people that that conversation that we've been having has resonated with throughout the year, whether that was a positive conversation, a negative conversation, or plenty of space in the middle, plenty of gray area, which is, I, I think, honestly, the area that we tend to try to hit most often yeah, is not always black and white. Yes. Like some people want to make it be. It's not always the coach needs to be left on the tarmac or we need to build a statue tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for joining us all year long. And uh, we hope that anyone who is with us, anyone who you know has taken this journey over this season and the last half decade of Virginia Tech football. You know, if you guys are in Indianapolis, take the opportunity, come say hi. We'd love to meet you. Ricky, Merry Christmas, buddy. Any final words for the folks at home? No, um, Merry Christmas, everyone. And I, I, I guess we should do a final pick for this game before we oh, get yeah. off. I am uh, picking Virginia Tech to win. And cover? Uh, no, I am not going to pick them to cover. Uh, I'm going to pick something like... Uh, 3123 Can I take a caveat? Can I cheat? If it rains, it's the last game of the year. Go ahead. If it rains for more than two quarters, tech wins, but doesn't cover. If it rains for under two quarters. Tech wins and covers. Fair enough. I, the, the possibility, again, it's like a four days out forecast and it's 50% rain, but yeah. it's 50% rain for the entire game. So, yeah. Now, if it's an absolute downpour, it could be a sloppy one. If Tech can put the ball in the air with any amount of ease for any amount of time, I'd like us to walk away with this one. Yeah, I, I saw um, Jack Reed, who has a Substack. Um, Hokie Analytics, which you guys should go follow. He had a line in his column, I think it came out today, that was essentially there's a range of outcomes for this game, and it's like Tulane winning by three or Virginia Tech winning by 21. <laughs> and that's kind of the range. And actually, I, I tend to agree. I think that that's probably accurate. So Tech should win this game. All signs are pointing towards the Hokies. And if Virginia Tech can come out and take care of business against a team that they should beat, Andrew, you have to feel better going into next season. You have to feel better. I already feel pretty good, Doug. <laughs> I already feel pretty good. Andrew Alex, Ricky LeBlue, Mike McDaniel, being a good father. It'd be questionable if he was here in the first place. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you in Annapolis. Keep your eyes on our Twitter page to figure out what we're doing. Come say hi celebrate with us it's been a hell of a season it's been a hell of a 2023 for the Hokies and the Hokie Hangover podcast and we're going to put that cherry on top
Shout out Main Street Pharmacy. As always, go Hokies.